Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are, of course, your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. I'm excited, as always, about today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully extremely helpful as well. So um, a lot of great feedback from all of you guys. You know, we have consistently, it's around 100,000 regular listeners, and I really appreciate the fact that you guys have helped us to grow to such a huge amount of realtors. You know, here's the thing. It's interesting. So there's 1.2 million, something like that, according to what people have told me, members of the National Association of Realtors. And we have a consistent, you know, right around, what, a little less than 10% that listen to us on on a regular basis. That's kind of cool, and I appreciate it. And the feedback that we get from you guys on a regular basis is, as far as what you like, is the fact that we're giving you practical, actionable, you know, getting in the mindset stuff. All of it's really helping you guys get into a position where you can help others and make money. And I really appreciate that. I got an interesting email yesterday, Julie. Unfortunately, I don't have this mm-hmm. on my screen. But it was somebody that actually, it was somebody from Canada, and you know who you are, who actually said, uh, appreciated the fact that we were sort of uh, pointing out that the whole personality profiling thing, albeit interesting, isn't real science, because it's not. And, um, you know, I I think there's actually a lot of folks out there, and Julie and I are going to talk about this on a future radio show and give you guys the history of all this stuff. I'll give you a little um, foreshadowing of that. DISC, which, you know, a lot of you guys have essentially treat almost like a cult, like a religion almost, um, is in essence fake. It's made up. It's completely not based on real science. And I'll give you guys uh, just kind of a fun anecdotal piece of... (laughs) You know, evidence about that. DISC was invented by the same guy who created the comic book character Wonder Woman, right? And so the original research that he did, that is a fact. So the original research that he did was interesting, and and, and that's it. And, you know, to to try to force people into buckets or think people are only like they are, that's kind of a... It it, It's fake is really what it is, because nobody's just just one way. It's an observational theory, you know. It's just a theory. Yeah. now, we do, the, the, how it's beneficial to you, and this call is not about DISC. Well, like I said, we'll do a radio show coming up maybe next week or the following week, kind of giving you guys the whole story about these personality profiling things. Really where it's useful is being introspective, forcing you to look inward and how you can uh, positively affect your own behavior, change your own behavior. But then where it gets, I think, manipulated or it gets bastardized is when people will take it and thinking that somehow they can use that personality stuff to control other people. That's where it starts to meander into this whole world of NLP and all this sort of mystical thinking stuff, which Julie and I are absolutely positively not fans of. I mean, there's some interesting stuff on all that stuff, too. But again, guys, you've got to go back to the, re- the core where all this research started. It was kind of like a 1960s uh, Central California, Big Sur uh, area. There was some, you know, uh, PhD types that got together and they started studying, um, you know, NLP in particular. They started studying what successful salespeople, what the, you know, essentially what how they act, how they talk. And then their thinking was, in essence, well, we can study their behaviors. That means we can essentially teach other people how to copy them, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that's you kind of got, got to think about that. Just, you know, use your 
use logic here. If, if you're not, if you're having to copy to the extent that you're being fake, it's never going to be effective. And, and we've seen that. Julie and I have actually seen that in the past 20 years we've been helping agents become successful. We've seen a lot of people that are trying to, you know, teach agents NLP or teach agents DISC. And we've ran into these people, and they're just weird. I mean, you'll be standing next to them, and all of a sudden they'll, you know, these agents who are deep into NLP, they'll start, like, obviously trying to mirror and match you. It's just kind of, you know, just as creepy. And it's so, creepy. Anyway, we're going to... Yeah. And again, this stuff, this stuff has value, no doubt. It's interesting. That's all. And I would just leave it at that. Um, Our industry, for some reason, especially on our side of the industry, the training educational side of the real estate industry, really has gone too far with a lot of this stuff. And like I said, this is a controversial topic. Matter of fact, my lovely wife didn't even want me to bring this up because for some of you, so many of you, this, this stuff is, you think it's like granite. You think it's, the law, you think it's, you know, some kind of, you know, rule, and it's not. It's just basically a, a mental exercise and sort of, you know, once you guys see the background on it, you can research all this stuff yourself, too, if you guys want to go to Google and start researching this. So anyway, this little rant was as a result of a really great email we had from the agent in Canada, so I appreciate that. And Julie, do you have any emails you want to share with any of our I do have a quick one. From... Great. I do. Let me just pull that up real quick here. All right, so this is, let me just make sure some of you guys email us and say, don't use my name, I don't want anybody to know about your coaching. So (laughs) I always try and respect that, although I think that's a little scarcity mindset because you'll only do with it what you'll do with it. Uh, But here and there. So this is from Brandon Brewer. Tim and Julie, I just wanted to reach out and thank you for the resources you provide free of charge, like the podcast, to the real estate community and those of us just getting started. I've been an attorney for just about four years, and I found it is less unfulfilling and extremely limiting in pretty much every regard. I recently made the decision to change careers and pursue something I really enjoy, which is helping people through the real estate sales process. As someone struggling with a large student debt load, and this isn't just Brandon, I know a lot of you guys struggle with that, and I bring up his email because we're coaching so many people that are either transitioning from another job or are still in it. So as someone struggling with large student loan debt, I've been unable to save any cash reserves um, and being laid off in 2015 didn't help, but I still want to get started on this new path as quickly as possible. Do you have any advice to jumpstart my business in this career while still working full-time to ensure my family is provided for during this transition? I have every confidence that I will be incredibly successful, but I'm curious to learn strategies to get the ball rolling while still working during the day. Thanks again for the resources you provide daily. I will continue to be a daily listener, and I hope to join soon the ranks of a coaching client. Join soon the ranks as a coaching client. I look forward to hearing back from you soon. So that's from Brandon, and yes, absolutely, I'm going to get back with you personally uh, via email and a call. But, you know, again, Brandon, kudos to you for holding down the fort and not just throwing in the towel and saying, all right, well, I guess I better do a real estate deal this month. I think it's healthy. A lot of people will coach against um, doing something else and trying to do real estate. I think it's definitely the right thing to do to take care of your family during that transition and will help you set some goals of what has to happen before you jump in the deep end real estate-wise. So, yes, absolutely, we have some great coaching and advice for you, and we will reach out. And we also have a very affordable coaching essentials program, which might be right for you. So if you guys are like Brandon and you're doing something else, it's okay. We are pro feeding your family. Does that make sense, Tim? Because so many people kind of bash that, right? Not the feeding your family part, but trying to do two things, you know? Well, again, Julie, and this is feedback we know that we've gotten in the past, and Mm -hmm. you guys don't have to just do one thing. 
You know, I realize, again, this is, oh, my gosh, Tim and Julie, you, you guys have all these people listen to you. Now you're going to say something that the industry absolutely positively rallies against. But I'm going to say it. A lot of you guys can be very successful as part-time agents. It's just true. And in many cases, in this kind of economy, uh, you guys are better off if you basically have, are a part-time agent because your main job gives you financial security, gives you health insurance, gives you those types of things. Here's where that mindset comes from, okay? Not that I don't think the industry wouldn't be better if the everyone in it were full-time. I do think that's true. If all the agents were full-time and all the agents had you know, higher minimum standards of education and training all whatnot, of course that would be better for the industry. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, like Brandon, if you guys have mouths to feed, if you have you know, mortgage payments to make, you have financial obligations, it's really kind of not really completely sane for you just to throw uh, everything out the window and just pursue your goals and dreams and aspirations of working for yourself. You really do have to create a financial bridge where you know you keep your normal job and you work real estate part time. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to remember, guys, when you make when you have a family, the family and what's best for your family has to come before your own personal you know desire to no longer have a boss or no longer you know have a you know normal nine to five job. And if you screw that up, as a lot of people have, then you end up basically paying the price when it comes to your family. So family always comes first. So if you have to keep a normal job while you get into real estate part-time, even if that's basically your your whole career, that's great. We have coaching clients who make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. We've interviewed them on the radio show before. You guys can go back and listen to them, who make literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and have full-time jobs. Think what a natural, uh, you know, for them to work their job for real estate leads, and that's what a lot of them do. You know, they go to the human resources department. They befriend the people that are, you know, helping people move in or out of or get jobs or leave, you know, those types of things with the company, and that's where they get their transactions from. So please have an open mind, but remember to keep your priorities straight. Julie touched on something else with regard to this uh, fellow Brandon and his student loan debt. Um, you, Julie and I are huge fans of Dave Ramsey. A lot of long-time listeners know that. It's a great way for you guys to get debt-free. The only two things that you really – it makes any sense for you to ever go in debt for is a house, your primary house, and education. Those are really the only two things. Everything beyond that, you have to get to the point where you can pay cash for it. Because when you get to – you know, education is an investment. Hypothetically, a house is an investment. Even if it's not, you still need a place to live. So hopefully all these things make sense. And – None of these things are what we're going to talk to you guys about on the radio today. So, Julie, before I get to the topic, anything else come uh, come to mind you want to share with all these guys? Well, and, you know, just one last addition to that. We Well, two things. One is we actually have coaches that specialize in coaching those of you who have something else going on employment-wise or are making that transition. Those coaches have done so themselves. So that's something that we're really proud of and we can bring to you. Uh, and then the second thing is, for some of you, it doesn't actually make sense to ever stop doing your other job. I know there's uh, several of the coaches have brought to my attention that the job itself is creating real estate leads. So if you were to quit that job, then you also are killing your real estate business for some of you, especially those of you who are doing socially oriented things. So, you know, a good coach is going to ask you lots of questions and help you determine what the correct path is for you and your family based on what your goals are and what your income needs are. So just wanted to add to that. And yeah, we're definitely supportive of that. So uh, back to our topic du jour today, which is 
four habits to implement immediately for this year to be your best year. So I'm ready to jump in if you are, Tim. Sure. And so, guys, take notes. Um, there's Julie's got five great points that she's written down. Uh, and a lot of these points will obviously tie into the, some of the core principles that we teach all of our coaching clients. So um, long-time listeners, these, are gonna, these mindset issues are going to uh, reinforce what a lot of you guys are already practicing in your real estate businesses. So take great notes. This will be very, I think, motivational for most of you. Go ahead, Jules. Okay, great. So again, topic for habits to implement immediately for this year to be your best year. So there's a couple of quotes I wanted to start out with to get everyone in the right mindset. First quote is from Benjamin Franklin who said, your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. I think that places it pretty succinctly. And that's your net worth to the world. And then Stephen Covey said, our character is basically a composite of our habits. Because they're consistent, often unconscious patterns, they constantly, daily express our character. That's from Stephen Covey. And I couldn't let a call go by without quoting you, Tim. Do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level possible. That's the definition of success. But that also is a habit. Yeah. Good. Well, I got a quote in one of your notes. This has never happened before. This is a special day. I'll have to remember that. (laughs) It is. Mark your calendar. I think you actually avoid trying to quote me. Wow. No. I, you know, this, this one, I couldn't let it slide. So, you know, usually we use that as a definition of success and forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. But when you cross the path into looking at it as a habit, then it's not so weird to you. It's not like you have to force yourself to do it. It's simply what you do. So how do we form these fa- the habits and what are some specific things? Actually, I should have titled that five habits to implement. I've got to change that. So point number one, Get serious about your schedule. Yes, that sounds like a boring, dry topic, time management, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's one of the most common things you guys complain about. Get serious about your schedule. Have a simple start time and stop time. Stop hitting the snooze button. If you treat your day like a hobbyist, you'll make hobbyist income. Hobbyist income is, you know, sleeping in, getting up when you feel like it, not really following any kind of a dollar productive plan during the day. Now, some of you guys will take this just way too down the deep end. Look at what this habit is. Have a simple start time and stop time. That's the habit. And I'll tell you why that works. Just the simple act of getting up at the same time every day, something reasonable. Many of my coaching clients have as accountability, whether they're mine or coaching clients of our coaches, the accountability is if this is a habit you're forming, you have to email your coach. If 6 a.m. is your wake-up time, you got to not just email but show that you are ready to rumble, okay, which means it's not coming from your iPhone. It's coming from your computer because you could be laying in bed on your iPhone hoodwinking your coach. We're not down with that. So here's the curious thing that happens, though, Tim. When you form just that discipline of getting out of bed and not hitting the snooze button, because when you hit the snooze button, you're basically setting the tone for the day that you're already behind. When you're good at that, Curiously, many other things fall into place. You're more on time for your appointments during the day. You're more accountable to everything else that's important to you. If you're not accountable to just starting your day out right, it sets you on a negative trajectory of getting away with too much during the day, which is back to being a hobbyist. Does that make sense, Tom? I mean, it's, it's like yeah, simple it but complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so, know, Julie, when we, 
Julie, if someone were to go back and listen to all of our replays, and guys, um, Real Estate Coaching Radio, literally hundreds of past radio shows, will you know go back and listen to them anytime. You guys can uh, you know get a really great education just by listening to those past radio shows. I know that's what a lot of you guys are doing, and that's fantastic. So what you're going to hear continuously from us is that becoming successful and staying successful are two different practices. Well, let me put it a different way. Earning money and keeping money and having the money continue to increase, those are two different things. It's not that difficult for someone to earn a lot of money once, but for someone to earn a lot of money consistently year in and year out and allow that money to compound to the point where they are indeed one day rich, rich being where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money, that does seem to be hard. And the reason is, and the, and the essence of it is, is because what happens is the active, sometimes people could just basically work their butts off and have really great years, but they don't necessarily work their butts off on doing the things that will re, that produce re, uh, replicatable income. In other words, they're not basing it on a skill set. So they might sell a bunch of condos, or they might list a big parcel of land, or have a big commercial product, and then they have one big great year. And, and then because they, the, the education or the tra- that one transaction, had a, you know, it, was a, it was a huge year for them, but in the meantime, they weren't doing anything to build their skill set, to build their mindset, to build their essentially build their business. Uh, and so then they struggle. Then they have great years and they have terrible years, or they have great months and they have terrible months. When you have cash flow that's like that, that's because you aren't doing the things that Julie's talking about. The essence of what it takes to be successful long-term with ever-increasing levels of success always comes down to a few basic practices. And there are a lot of people out there, a lot of books written, you know, a lot of TED Talks, a lot of everything that, that makes it literally way too complicated. So you will you know, start educating yourself, going to all these great sources and trying to understand what it takes to be successful and stay successful, and you'll get overwhelmed. What it really takes to be successful, and the essence, if the drill down is what we call it, of what it takes to be successful, or what these points are. You know, it's the scheduling. It's the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. It's having things like daily minimum standards, where you're going to do a certain number of, you know, specific activities every certain day, because the accumulation effect of those things are really, really pays the dividends. Um, you know, it, it's it's becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, this is a habit. This is Julie's point number three, right? So becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Julie, what did you mean by that? Well, you skipped number two, but that's okay. I'll let you work ahead. We'll go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no problem. Well, yeah, be, be comfortable with being uncomfortable as a habit, not as something that just happens to you when you're thrown into it. Become, un- become comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is a habit. Strive daily to hear at least five no's so you can hear more yeses. If you're always taking listings, it's because you never compete. That's not a good thing. You're taking them and not losing them, but what it means is you're never competing, which means you're never putting yourself in a place to hear no. Okay, so here's a quote from Sylvester Stallone. He says, I take rejection as someone blowing a bugle in my ear to wake me up and get going rather than to retreat. So become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I always go back to that story, Tim, I came into our REMAX office and we were all cocky one day because we had taken three listings in a row. And our broker said, well, obviously you're not going on enough appointments. And that's where this point probably originates in my head. Um, But, yeah, be comfortable being uncomfortable. The more you do it, it actually becomes more comfortable. You become okay with rejection. And, you know, I hear this a lot from the coaches trying to get you guys to do your lead follow-up and more prospecting and stuff. And we always coach you that if somebody just 
says no, why do you take it personally? They just don't need your help right now. Why are you making it about you? They just don't need your help. Just say next. Who can I help? So focus on the good and let go of the rejection. And, yes, that is absolutely a habit. Go ahead. But at the same time, right, when you guys hear no, it's normal for everybody's first reaction to be no. When you walk into a store, can I help you, is what the person asks, and you almost always say, I'm just looking, or you just say some negative answer. Everybody reacts that way. So when you're in any kind of sales experience, sales environment, that is always going to be you know, the folks you're dealing with's initial reaction. Expect it. If you get anything, anything other than that, you should be suspicious of them, you know. So yeah. if you're not asking for the sale or if you're not asking to help them, if you want to frame it that way, if it's easier for you to think of it that way, opposed to saying asking for the sale. So if you psychologically, it's easier for you to frame it as, you know, if you're, you're trying to help them opposed to trying to sell them something. So that's a mindset thing right there. Pay attention. So if you're not asking to help them, three you know, sometimes it's made five different ways, you're not really doing your job. That's the essence of that point that Julie just read to you. And you don't have to be pushy. I'm not suggesting that. We're not telling you guys to, you know, lock them in a room and waterboard them until they say yes. They're scripted, simple, elegant ways to move folks uh, forward to essentially, you know, coming to a decision that's logical and what's best for them. They would not be talking with you, going through your open house, calling about something for sale if they weren't somewhat interested. And use our, use our scripts, use our, our pre-qualifying questions. Uh, Real Estate Coaching Essential students, it's all there on the website. Literally on your desk or you know, in your briefcase, print off a stack of 50 buyer pre-qual forms and 50 seller pre-qual forms. And when you have one on the phone, uh, or in even real life, go through the questions and ask the questions. The questions are written in a way that's going to get to the heart of whether these people are truly motivated or not and what's really going on to them. And then you can make a determination based on the rules that you that we help you set for yourself as to whether or not you want to work with them. It's not that complicated, guys. But don't be you know living in this fear of hearing no. No is the first time you hear no when you're talking to somebody, that's just you actually doing your job. You know, when you ask a question and they give you a negative answer, that's normal. Ask it again in a different way. Use our scripts and how to ask the questions. And then you will find, usually by the third way you've asked it, that they're going to start saying yes. And you're going to, you're going to all of a sudden have a client. You're all of a sudden going to have a listing. You know, you're all of a sudden going to have, uh, you're going to then realize that there's opportunity all around you. And you're the one who had mentally and emotionally set these limitations on yourself because you didn't have the skill set and the mindset to push past that initial no, or, and this is the case with probably most of you, you never even asked a question in the first place that could result right. in no. So keep those things in mind. So, Julie, let's go back to point number two. Sorry about that. Point number two, that's okay, and I'll do this quickly because it, it's kind of a sub-point of number one anyway. Maintain yep. simple daily minimum standards, right? So this is a scheduling habit. Your daily minimum standards, which should be very simple, should be based on your income and production goals. Create new business in the morning, take care of existing business in the afternoon. That by itself is such a huge breakthrough for lots of our coaching clients. It's easy to just take care of your existing business. That's the lazy button. Yes, it has to be done, but not all day. So achieve, uh, I'm sorry, there's, look at this as two different jobs. Existing business, new business. Use your lunch hour as the pivot. A quote from Charles Givens, achieve success in any area of life by identifying the optimum strategies and repeating them until they become habits. So you don't have to do probably half of the stuff that you're calling work. 
just do the things that are most productive, have those daily minimum standards. So now I'm going to jump so, forward so you to said, you, well, yeah. I know we are limited in time, but you just said something that's really important that they, especially, mm-hmm. you know, the seasoned agents, because they're the ones that commit this crime uh, most common, mm-hmm. most frequently. Sure. You work on the new business in the morning, the lunch is the pivot, and then after lunch you basically work on, uh, you know, older business. So new new business, calling, prospecting, following up, doing those types of things, that's your morning schedule. That's your morning routine. And again, Real Estate Coaching Essentials students, and if you guys want to learn about Real Estate Coaching Essentials, just go to agentmillions.com. But essentially, we give you the schedule. You can modify it slightly, but at the end of the day, you want to get all your heavy lifting over in the morning. You want to do all the things that, you know, you otherwise wouldn't, you would procrastinate and never get done. you got to do those things in the morning. Remember, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So get the things done every day. Have a minimum standards of how many contacts you're going to make per day. Uh, get them out of the way. And then lunch is the pivot. Relax. And then you can start doing some of the lower yield stuff, meaning the things that are going to be uh, more dollar servicing than dollar generating. You know, if you're not, if you don't have an assistant, you're doing your own transactional work. So if you have transactions to work, then you know clearly that stuff's done in the afternoon. Exactly. So point number four: never ever end the day with leads you've yet. Never end the day with leads you've yet to follow up on. Urgency equals abundance. With abundance, you can become more particular with the leads that you're working. So day with lead follow-up left. That is a very, very specific habit to hold yourself accountable to. As a real estate professional who claims that much of your income is supposed to come from this and has real specific income goals, you should not be able to let your head hit the pillow knowing that there's leads yet to follow up on. Oh, but I have 4,000 emails you know, or internet leads. Guess what? When you have urgency and you follow up daily as they come in, they won't pile up on you on that. And for those of you who have an abundance of Internet leads, probably they're not leads anyway, especially when you let them get older, literally, than like a day old, they stop being a good lead. They don't get better with age. So never, ever end the day with leads you've yet to follow up on. Julie, let's let's give them a rule, okay? And I know a lot of you guys are, have only been in the business during the time, you know, since 07, you know, where basically you think it's normal to buy buyer leads from places like Zillow. That's basically, you've never really known an industry where you weren't buying leads. But let me tell you guys, it's abnormal. It's just a trend. It won't last. The buying of the buyer leads thing is, is already coming to an end as far as, the, you know, if you've been in this, when you're in this industry long enough, you'll see all kinds of trends come and go. Uh, it just the way it is. It's, you know, agents will. You know, we're all pack animals at the end of the day, and we'll all follow something. And I remember when the whole buying buyer leads thing came out in 07, Zillow and Truly and all the rest. People were so excited about it. Seemed like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, guess what? It turns out they were just more or less replicating what Realtor.com had been doing since the late 90s. Nothing really that different. But the difference was now is that you guys were willing to pay a lot more for the leads and the lead quality was starting to get saturated, and you were believing that you could do this long-term lead follow-up and all that. Now, I'm not arguing that sometimes those things do work. Of course they do. Sometimes everything works. But what we are saying is if you're serious about your long-term ever-increasing success, A, you have to focus on listings, but B, every lead that you get, you have to call back and pre-qualify the same day. Long-term lead follow-up, and you guys know this if you've been doing it for a while, is generally speaking a waste of time. And what happens is you guys get complacent, you get lazy, 
You hit the lazy button. I like that, Julie. You hit the lazy button, and all of a sudden what's going to happen is you're going to start getting a lead, and you just let this you know, passive system do all the lead following up for you. And you think that's going to get you into the end zone. It is not. Here's your rule, my suggested rule for all of you. When you get a lead, it doesn't matter where the lead comes from. Smoke signals, emails, SMS, doesn't matter. You have to call them back. You call them back, you pre-qualify them using our script, and you will then find, guess what, maybe if you're lucky, especially these bot buyer leads, one out of, I don't know, 15 probably, or any good. And the rest, if you want to put them in some long-term lead follow-up thing, that's fine. Just don't hold your hopes to it, because guess what? There are 10 other long-term lead follow-up programs of you know, 10 other realtors already. So they're already getting all the same stuff that your system would send them. So if you think it's worth doing, go for it. But remember, make a call initially to every single lead that you get and use the pre-qualifying scripts and determine if they're real or not. And I 100% uh, give you guys permission if you need it that if they're not, uh, if they don't meet your minimum standards for what is a qualified lead, then guess what? Goodbye. You just basically throw them back to the wild. Yeah. And you go hunting for the new one. And at the end of the day, you're going to end up with a lot fewer leads, but the leads are going to be real. They're not just going to be these hopes and prayer leads that so many of you guys waste your time, energy, and money pursuing. We have one last point, Julie. That's right. And, again, we're talking about habits. Habit number five, be productive, not busy. I'm so busy, busy, busy. Remember Parkinson's Law. This is one of my favorite coaching quotes, nice and short and memorable. Parkinson's Law. Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. That's so true. If you've got one deal to negotiate, some of you guys take all week to get that done because you've given yourself all week instead of all afternoon or the next two hours. If you give yourself this week to resolve an inspection, fight an appraisal, get your next listing, close a buyer finally, of course it will take all week. You might even stretch it out to all month because you're so busy, busy, busy. So you all should have a sign on the door leaving your office or your home office which says, am I being busy or am I being productive? Okay, so what's the difference? You're productive when you're headed to an appointment that has to do with the following. Lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, or closing. If it's not on that list, you should have a U-turn sign headed right back to your desk so you can get cracking. I know that's pretty severe, but guess what? A lot of you guys are busier than you are productive. Busy doesn't always lead to a paycheck, as many of you know, doing things that look like work to the outside world but aren't actually on that list. So today's call was about habits, and some of you guys like to massively overcomplicate this, so don't do that. Start simple. If you've been terrible on your schedule, just stop hitting the snooze button for a week. That's a good place to start. Those of you who have coaches, talk to your coaches about this. Choose a habit to be held accountable to between now and your next coaching call, which I have to get to right now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, Jules. So listen, guys, if you need us for anything, we always love your emails. Uh, we always respond. Um, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. A lot of you guys are also, you know, coaching clients in particular, you guys are asking about different service providers that we suggest. We have a very short list of recommended service providers, um, you know, because we like to keep things simple. But one of the ones we always suggest you guys use is MojoSells.com. I mean, really, guys, it's one of the core basic things that all of you should have. 
in your real estate business. If I were to get a real estate license again and I already get back into the business, the first thing I would subscribe to, without a doubt, is MojoSales.com. It's a simple, elegant system. It's an auto dialer. It goes and grabs phone numbers for you. You know, it scrubs the do not call list, the whole nine yards. It's a beautiful, beautiful, elegant system. So check them out at MojoSales.com. And remember, guys, if you need us for anything, just go to uh, t- sorry, just go to Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or email Julie at Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.